Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff, but we like to focus on small business stuff. You know, along with the way, uh, uh, along the way, we're going to give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business, whether you're just starting out or you've been operating for quite a while. Uh, my name's Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my business partner, Adam Sunhalder. We're on the stuff kick again this week already. I can tell it's good. We're going to help you with your stuff, your business stuff primarily, right? That's right. Other primarily. stuff, not so much. We aren't we aren't the handy kind of guys to help with that kind of stuff. But uh, when it comes to the business stuff, especially for the small businesses, that's our expertise, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, as Jack said, our, our focus here for Dirty Secrets of Small Business is to help Owners of small companies, which we define as typically being folks with anywhere from one to 25 employees. And what we'll do as part of our show is we share a lot of different guidance and advice and stories, not only from our own personal experiences of having owned and operated 20 companies ourselves or even our our early part of our careers and working for bigger corporations, but especially as well the hundreds of clients of small business owners that we've helped with their companies over the years with all the business stuff that goes on in their business. So we aren't product and service experts as it relates to what they do, but the business side of stuff is what we, we focus on and help to make our clients better doing those kind of things. So what are we going to talk about today, Jack? You know, what should we cover today? Four things, four areas, four segments that we're, we're looking at today. And the common myths of small business ownership. We're going to pick one of those out. There are many of them out there. We're going to pick one out, and we're going to debunk it. I like that word, debunk. <laughs> Next segment is Dirty Secret of the Week. Third segment is How Come. How Come with a question mark. And I've pondered since our last Monday session here a week ago many, many things over that week. And I'm going to pick one of those out, and I'm going to start with the question, How Come, and raise that issue. And we're going to talk about it. And then the fourth thing is a small business success story, which my partner, my business partner here, Adam Sunhalder, is going to take one of our many, many successful clients within the MVP, that's our coaching business, uh, um, experiences. And he's going to chronicle that and talk about it. And as always, we always make room for callers that call into the show. So if you're listening live here on Mondays from noon to one, or if you're listening on the podcast, you can also call in from noon to one on Mondays. You can reach us here in the studio. That number is 440-946-9468. Again, that number in the studio is 440-946-WINT. If you're a little bashful and don't want to be on the air, you can reach us in different ways as well. If you like email, uh, you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or hit us up on Facebook. If you go to Facebook.com forward slash MaximumVP, uh, you can see us there. Um, you can also call us directly. Our number is 877 877- Eight four nine zero six seven zero. We'll be sure to get if you have a question you want to put on here, or have a hot question you want to share or a story. We'd be happy to be able to share it on the air with our listeners as well. I think it'd be very helpful for them to hear from you directly too. So, don't be bashful. Don't be bashful. Boy, there's a lot of ways to reach us, isn't there? You know, you know, most small business owners are stuck in a state of how. That's what we, we being M and I, and our business called Maximum Value Partners. Uh, we we like to feature that word how. Because it comes up a hundred times a day in, in every small business uh, situation that you can think of. How do I make a profit plan? How do I present my company? A marketing plan. How do I find good people? That list of how questions is endless. And we like to, to basically, as business coaches, help these small business owners, like we say, get unstuck 
from that state of how. Look at a big mud pit. And here you are, constantly getting worn down by all these how questions. And here's that helping hand, MVP, that's maximum value partners, kind of dangling it right over that mud pit. And you grab it, and then all of a sudden you're unstuck from that state of how. Have right. fun with us. Come on. We're good. If one of the one of the how questions you're wrestling with, as Jack referred to a little earlier, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us. And if one of your how questions is how, how do I get a hold of these guys or how do I get get some responses to questions I might have, you can give us a call at 877-849-0670. Uh, check us out online, MaximumVP.com, or shoot us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com. We'd love to hear from you and be happy to respond. You'll be hearing back from Jack and I directly. You're not going to be hearing back from one of our lackeys. You're going to hear it directly from us. So, Who are our lackeys? Whether you like we it or should not. number them out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some memes for those guys. All right. All right. So let's jump into our, to our first segment of the day here, which is going to de- debunking our myth. We like to debunk stuff. So our myth for this week that we're, we're, we're going to uh, debunk is this. You can set your own schedule. Now, that's the reason that many people get into business for themselves. The whole idea that if I'm in charge, I get to do what I want, when I want. Well, after all, you're the boss, aren't you, Adam? Can't the boss <laughs> do whatever he wants to do? Now, this is a good goal to have. It really is. And uh, for those who have been in business for a while, they do tend to get a little more control over their schedule to a certain extent. When I say flexibility. You know, people talk about the whole idea. I had somebody mention uh, years ago, that, you know, you can work. Um, 12 hours a day, you pick whichever 12 hours they're going to be, but you're going to be working 12 hours a day. So it may not be from 7 to 7. Let's say maybe it's you mix it in and you're up till 3 o'clock in the morning because you had to do something in between to go to a kid's event or something like this, or you maybe wanted to play some golf or whatever it might be, but you're going to be working 12 hours. You get a chance to decide which 12 hours they're going to be. Um, well, that, that's why it's a myth that we're right. debunking. We're debunking. Well, that's right. That, uh, you know, that, that, that myth prevails that you as the owner, you as the boss, can set your own schedule. Clients, crises of, of multiple sources and types, that kind of uh, defines the schedule, doesn't it? Well, I'll say a couple things that get in the way. Customers are one. Employees could be another that the one I'm getting in the way. Some vendors or family stuff. But here's a big one that gets in the way for a lot of small business owners. That's regulations. Oh, yeah. Right, gets That's in the way. a good one. Right, yeah. I have to comply with this or do this or do that and fill out paper. You know, I, I've got to do certain things by a certain time frame. So all of a sudden there's folks from the outside world that are coming in and, and, and uh, pressing in on your schedule. They don't care what you think your schedule should be. They, they say, hey, I want this now. Or I want this by, by X date. And so all of a sudden your schedule gets made up for you. That's right. That happens all the time. You know, but everyone, everyone, all employees like to have the, the freedom of setting their own schedule, not just the boss. And the myth is that there are certain things that have to be certainly done on a daily basis, weekly basis. But also, when these other issues come up, who has to handle them? Well, you have the best schedule in the world. That means nothing if there's, we'll define it as a crisis. You know how we feel about crises. There aren't too many things other than the burning building down that can't wait a little bit. But when it comes to scheduling, you know, you have to respond. And unfortunately, that that schedule gets uh, disrupted. So what do you do when that happens? What do you do when that happens, Adam? (laughs) What you do is you meet it. (laughs) You know, you meet it. And and what we're doing is, is basically in our schedule trying to set goals, trying to set goals and metrics to be accomplished. Yeah, that's always, that's always helpful to have that in place because things will get in the way. And you know, we had a client the other day that was a little late for the meeting. 
He had a sick employee. But there was production that had to get done. So what did he do? He got up and he got to work at 5.30 in the morning to try to make sure he could make our 8.30 meeting. He was a little bit late, and his partner made it on time. He was about an hour late, but he made it. But he, he woke up an extra three hours early to get stuff done because things had to get done. That's so right. Get there to get things kind of started, get things moving along the way. It wasn't part of his plan, but to your point, Jack, when things come up, well, you can choose to ignore it or put your head in the sand or say it's somebody else's problem, but that's not not setting the right tone for the rest of the organization, making it somebody else's problem. Well, you know, you start out and should start out with a plan or a schedule every day. And there, you, know, you should come in driving into the office, uh, assuming you work in an office, uh, you you should have an idea of what that day is going to start out like, and you should have a schedule. And there's no question that if you can keep to your schedule, you're going to be way more productive than getting bounced around, you know, in the give and take of the business world, just conducting your business. So there's a certain amount of discipline that could be engendered here that if that's the case, you can work to a schedule much better than otherwise waiting for the phone or waiting for the next email or waiting for the next person to come walking in your office. And what are you doing? Well, you're getting tugged around and the productivity there kind of uh, suffers as a result. Yeah, even the best laid plans often get screwed up. You know, we had a client of ours that was launching a marketing program and one of his key target markets was credit unions. You know, we're, we're big when we talk about marketing plans to get things down to where you can focus on folks that are very good and very, you know, very profitable for you and very good, very good customers for you. So as part of putting together this, this launch plan to target credit unions, he had asked some of his current clients to kind of you know, give them some testimonials, you know, to talk about you know, what a great job that they had done. And apparently the, the, the government agency that, 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 that regulates credit unions didn't really like what these people were saying about our customer. It wasn't anything crazy. It was just saying that they did a really good job, right? And it was like they, they, couldn't, say, they couldn't say things like the, <laughs> that, 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 that they, they met all the standards that, 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 that were part of the regulations that, 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 that they needed to do as part of being a credit union. They, they couldn't say certain things. So silly regulations, like, like my, my point is, often get in the way of even those best laid plans. You got to kind of veer here, veer there, and, 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 and adjust your 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 well laid out plans. They sure do. Right? Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's just unfortunate in our world today. More and more regulations are coming on play. So you could have problems with vendors too. I'm sure many of you had this happen before, where where you order stuff from the vendors and things are good to go. You do it online, you call it in, whatever it's going to be, and then the next day they show up and guess what? The wrong parts are there, right? Or something's missing. Oh man, doesn't that happen? That never happens, does it? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess our point in, in in debunking this myth here, in terms of the the idea of being able to set your own schedule, it's good as Jack said, have a plan for the day, for the week, for the month, whatever it's going to be. But recognizing that there's going to be a lot of things, customers, employees, vendors, families, uh, you know, regulations, illnesses, just different things that come and disrupt those plans and that great, great flexible schedule that you've got. You can, you can plan on that happening. Right. So <laughs> keep that in mind when, when, you're, when you're looking to make, make sure to do that or people think that you can always control whatever your time is going to be. So, all right, stick around. When we come back, we're going to be revealing the dirty secret of the week. Uh-oh. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. As we say, we are business coaches, and we can help you get unstuck from all those hard questions in your business. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com.
Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, Most Valuable Player. Think of it that way. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how that they're in. And don't you, small business owner, wrestle with all those how questions on your own. We can help. We've helped hundreds, and we can help you, too. We love helping small business owners get unstuck from that state of how. All right, we're at the point of our show where we like to dig into our dirty secret of the week. You know, this being the dirty secrets of small business, we figure we should have a segment called the dirty secret of the week. So that's a good idea. So this Thought is it. That. We're very creative guys in a lot of ways that way, right, Jack? You know, <laughs> sometimes being obvious is, is is good too. So before we get into that, uh, again, we always encourage you as the listeners. Again, if you're listening to us live on the radio or if you're listening to the podcast, you can call us in here in the studio from noon to one Eastern on Mondays at four four zero. 946-9468. Again, it's 440-946-WINT. If you want to reach us outside of uh, the studios, you can call us at 877-849-0670. You can shoot us an email at radio at maximumvp.com or check us out online at maximumvp.com or hit us up on Facebook. We're on there as well. All right, so our dirty secret this week is one that's near and dear because it's... A, I think a lot of people started companies because of this and it was never probably told to you but you've probably discovered this as part of owning your own company okay i think that's a good point adam i think that's all yeah many people do start that and don't get the 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 follow-up requisite discussion on it all right so here's our dirty secret of the week folks just because you're good at your product or service does not mean you'll be a good business owner okay let me repeat that yeah just because you're good at your product or service does not mean you will be good as a business owner, all right? So this came from a a book that was very inspirational to both Jack and I, and we've seen it all over the place. But there's a book called The E-Myth, E-Myth. And it was a great, tremendous inspiration for us. And it's a story about this woman named Sarah who's baking pies. And people kept tugging her sleeve because she's working for somebody else. Said, hey, you make the best pies, Sarah. Why don't you get your own place? Y'all come come and uh, you'll be your first customer. And Sarah eventually goes and gets her own place because Sarah makes great pies. And wouldn't you know it, Sarah found herself putting in 18 or 20-hour days of doing everything except baking pies. What else was she doing, Adam? Isn't small business uh, pretty easy that way? So so she's dealing Monday mornings with employees calling off sick. Come back to our scheduling discussion, right? Mm -hmm. She had her ovens breaking down, getting them fixed. She had her best vendor for apples that also had some sort of disease as part of their apples i got to find a new apple vendor to make my apple pies right i'm sitting down at 10 o'clock at night to go through my books and see what's kind of going on with those i'm not even sure what those books are right there are all these things that she was doing that she spent most if not all of her time doing everything else other than baking pies all the stuff stuff that we all that about. other stuff that's right so as an owner at some point pretty soon you're going to get into doing some of these other stuff Right, and you got to, and as you progress, typically what happens is you spend most of your time with that other stuff, and not necessarily dealing with producing the product or delivering the service. So, if your big desire is to to to, to produce that product or deliver that service, maybe owning a company is not quite what you should you should be doing. Instead, of everybody telling you you should go do it because you're really good at it. Owning a company, being a business owner, is very very different from that. Well, what what we do in our coaching, Adam, we we start out with what we call the three circles, three interlocking circles, which describe any organization. An organization is anybody who, or any group that's 
That's uh, pursuing profits, pursuing a goal. And that could even be a nonprofit organization. It could be a government. It could be a small small company working out of the basement. It makes no difference. Every, every organization has three components to it. And the first one, and it's probably 80 to 90% of how business start, is that there's a product or a service in that organization. And that product or service basically starts out pretty easy, but as the business, you know, grows and prospers or at least uh, puts in time over the years, hopefully, many don't make it over the years, uh, they basically start to get more products and services. And they're usually pretty good at that. But when a company's starting out, let me come back to that for just a second. They're very good at a product or service. That they, that's how they start a company. But what they neglect often and don't, don't really understand and grossly underestimate is that the next circle they need to, to become expert in or certainly proficient is marketing in order to drive sales. And if obviously they don't get sales, they aren't going to survive. And the third circle is administration, starting with the people part. The people part. How do you find people? How do you negotiate with them? How do you incentivize them? How do you make them feel part of the year 2016 with their ideas and inclusions and, and uh, you know, the flexible time that they like and want? And the next is numbers. And we find most people don't understand what their profit and loss is nor how to read it. And those are things that we coach on so that our clients become very, very good small business owners. And then the planning. They don't plan. They don't know how to plan well. So there's more to product. There's more than just product and service. There's the marketing to get sales, and then there's the administration, which in effect runs the company. And that's what Adam's example of this uh, poor girl who baked apple pies and working uh, 20 hours just wandering in the abyss, many of those hours, uh, Good co- a good business coach is going to keep you out of that stuff. That's right. The way, if, if, if you're ever following what Jack's kind of going through, you, you can find a nice visual at, at our website. If you go to MaximumVP.com, there's a, a, a menu item there for it called the MVP Playbook. You'll see a link there that says the three circles and gives a nice little visual of what Jack's talking about. And you can realize that, yeah, that while the product and service and, and, and producing a, a good product or delivering a quality service is very important, it's only one of those three components, and you got to be, you know, understand and appreciate all those because they're all very, very important. And you know, for those of you who've been around for a while, understand that, 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 that that's the case because you've you've had you've gotten exposed to those to those school of hard knocks, and it, it exists everywhere. You know, I was just talking to a to a fellow over the weekend here who, who, who reached out and is looking for some help, and he's been in business now for going on thirty years, and he used a phrase that actually came from the E Myth when he when he reached out. He said, "I'm looking to work on the business." <clears throat> Versus in the business, and uh, that's an often quoted phrase. I remember, yeah, I remember when, when when Jack and I first read that book, you know, probably twelve years ago now, and and we'd hear somebody use that phrase, said, "Oh, you, you you've read the E Myth, right?" And they'd look at me like I, you know, like, like I got three heads. I said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, that's where that phraseology comes from. The whole idea of kind of working on it. So the whole, the whole idea of working on the business is again is getting out of that product or service uh, uh, circle and getting into those, those other areas." And it's a common challenge. People aren't sure what to do. So what this guy was asking me, he said, well, you're going to help me figure out what to do, what to work on. Because he wasn't quite sure. He knew he was good at the product side of it, but he wants to expand and grow. And he knows that he, you know, he can't clone himself. He's got to be able to find different ways to help grow, make his thing thrive and prosper. So does that make sense to you business owners out there? You know, you're very good at your product, but how good are you on the other parts, those other two circles? How good are you at marketing, for example? 
And I'm not just saying go go spend 5000 bucks for a bunch of uh, direct mail pieces and push them out there, but truly understanding marketing to drive sales and then the administrative part of your business, especially the numbers. How in the world do you read your, your financial statements? Or, or worse, you don't. We sp- yeah, we spend a lot of time on the marketing pieces. The people side of it is, is a big thing too, Jack. And, yeah, and, and numbers absolutely. for sure. But people, you know, there's a lot of discussions out there these days about dealing with millennials and everything else. And you, know, you can run the things by the numbers, but if you aren't good with people, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So how do you find them? How do you train them, motivate them? How, how do you deal with them in a way that makes sense to help not drive you bonkers trying to deal with all these people not, you know, and not make you frustrated and want to give up, but finding those good people and helping to, to direct them in a way that, that's going to make sense for your company. If we got any good stories out there, you know, give us a call on our numerous ways to contact us here. We'd love to have you on the air. and We'd love to uh, hear your story, especially with uh, the people part of it. That's right. So stick around. If you, if you want to reach out, the, the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. But stick around. When we come back, we're going to be digging into Jack's brain here, seeing what he's been pondering mm. as part of our outcome part of the, uh, of the show. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can help you get unstuck from all those how questions in your business. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches, as we've said a number of times, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. Don't you wrestle with all those how questions. And you know who you are out there. Every one of you small business owners wrestle with how questions. Don't you do it on your own. Give us a call. We love helping small business owners get unstuck. We really do. Yeah, I'm thinking about that when you keep saying that phrase about wrestling with them on your own. And I'm trying to visualize that idea of wrestling with it on my own. I'm sort of like a bear? Forth and all. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of hugging yourself and going, you know, if you, if, you, if you call us and get in contact with us, we can wrestle with you. No, you don't seem... You know, so frustrated. It's a little less frustrating when you're wrestling with somebody else, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. So, so we're going to jump into one of our favorite segments here, which is the how come segment. If you have a how come question that you want to share with us or with the audience, please feel free to, to, to join in here in the show. It's uh, The number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. In the meantime, we're going to dig into Jack's brain here with our how come section in terms of what's on Jack's mind he's been wrestling with here. So what do you got for us today, Jack? Okay, I'm going to go right to it today. No no uh, little sidebar. No monkey how comes. No, right. I'm going to go right to All the right. heart of it today. Let's go. So how come? How come it's so difficult to push past the boundaries of our comfort zone? Let me say it again. How come it's so difficult to push past the boundaries of our comfort zone? Hmm. What do you think? I know. I got some comfortable. I got. (laughs) That's exactly right. right? (laughs) That's exactly right. You're comfortable in a routine, and it's very difficult to change those routines. Now, why? Why is it difficult? Well, you're you're worried about risk. There's going to be change going on into the unknown, and the risk of the unknown can be pretty, uh, you know, pretty daunting, quite frankly. And there's a lot of anxiety with that. So it's much safer to stay with something that you know than something that you don't know. So what happens is that you don't push the boundaries. You don't do it easily. 
you know, there's happiness there. There's low anxiety. There's there's reduced stress. All those little things that, that would define comfort. But if you push, if you push, the secret from my research, once I started pondering this and uh, said, why, why, why does this, you know, why is this so difficult? <laughs> pulling my hair out. Well, I don't have hair. If I had hair, I'd be pulling it out. In effect, though, what, what happens basically is... is uh, you approach it wrong. You approach the changes wrong. I think we all have a big, grandiose uh, target. You know, there's a comfort zone, and, and we want to step outside that comfort zone. So we're going to take a big plunge. We're going to do something dramatic. And what happens, we scare ourselves right back into submission. So one of the keys is to take very small steps if you want to push past your comfort zone. You know, they they basically, you know, take your time making decisions. And again, do it in small steps. Do everyday small little things. If you have a way that you're driving to work every morning, if you got one of those jobs versus a small business owner, but small business owners do the same. You know, you, you drive up one street and down the other and take a different route. Start Start changing. Start changing some of your habits and it doesn't bite you. And another minute drive or another minute saved one way or another, those little things start to build up and it becomes a little easier to start to push past your comfort zone. Uh, that's what, what seems the, the so-called experts, you know, they they basically uh, have defined the comfort zone as your natural state. It's not good or bad. It's what you've accumulated and decided that those are the routines that you want. And some little nag in your head says, wait, I should start to do something different. No, no, but I don't minute. know how to do it. Now, wait a minute. How, how does somebody know if they're in their comfort zone? Because I think you know, some people are just comfortable being uncomfortable, aren't they? Well, so that is that, is that still wait, defined as a comfort zone? Wait, let me think of that. Uncomfortable, or they're comfortable, comfortable. being uncomfortable. Right. Is that is that still a comfort zone? So maybe they should stop being uncomfortable and get comfortable? Sure, why not? Why <laughs> depending, not? Depending on the style. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question to come in and, and try to stump people with, right? I think if you go in and talk to your team and say, okay, folks, what can we do different? I guarantee it'll take at least a minute before anybody speaks up. They're, oh, they're, easy. They're, they aren't waiting for their... What, is she serious? Or, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> but we don't think that way. We, we think, you know, people will, will, again, those habits, those daily habits, they'll, they'll maybe a big deal to them, and this is, this is my whole point, will be to change what they eat for breakfast in the morning. Uh, you know, go to the box of whatever they have. If they have cereal every day, change it. You know, and all of a sudden that's a small, a small change. And get used to making small changes. That's how you push past your comfort zone. Again, a comfort zone is individual to everybody. It's customized, and it's basically what you do. It's your natural state, I and how it evolves. It, it changes over time, but well, at any given say, time. I, I think what you're saying, Jack, is if, if you make those small changes, I think what happens is if you have your zone, you make those small changes, you start to kind of push on the walls of that zone. And to me, over time, what happens is you're now stretching your comfort zone. Which I think what you're talking about, take that, if it's, you know, the size of a, of a lime right now, and you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, after some time it expands to where it's the size of an orange. And you keep going, maybe it starts to grow to be the size of a grapefruit, right. right? And so your comfort zone is expanding now. You're getting better. And I, I think most everybody has been through versions of that, whether it be conscious or, or, or subconscious, but you're saying be more conscious about it and really push the outer edges of that zone, but don't necessarily jump 
way out of it because you do that, you're, you know, the natural reaction is then to jump. It's like going on hot coals, right? You jump that's right, right back you'll, in. You'll be right back in. That's exactly right. So you, you have to try new things. That's how you, you develop a skill base to, to bring to the table if we're talking about employment, which is what we like to try to do. You know, our, our little uh, uh, discussions here try to make applicability to a small business owner. So if you're bringing in new skills, basically that only happens when you're pushing your comfort zone for the most part. You know, one of the, the little phrases, not a phrase as much as an observation, comfort kills productivity. So if all you know is what you know, all right, and we talk about a version of this all the time, people do what they know how to do. Well, you become somewhat of a commodity, if you will, if that's all you do. There are certain places that, that we need that. But for you to grow and push past your comfort zone, you have to take on new skills. You have to push yourself into uh, into the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense to you people out there. I'm just a little inside that's joke. Right. That's right. You're, you're bringing up a phrase that's popping in my mind here, Jack, by... by uh, well-known author, Professor Jim Collins, mm-hmm. wrote a book called Good to Great. And this phrase in there that really stuck with me was that good is the enemy of great. And it's a version of what he's talking about. You know, people, hey, it's good enough. Hey, we're, you know, we're good. We don't need to be great. So my comfort zone and what, what we're good at is, well, we're, you know, we're, we're good enough. I might be and okay we, today. We, we stay there. Yeah, it might be right. good today or this week. But if you're looking out for the next, next year, the next five years, the next ten years, well, chances are what you're doing right now is not going to be good enough a year from now or five years from now. So how do we get people to to move out of their comfort zone? Encouraging them as as the business owners to me one of your one of your key jobs, if you will, in that company. You know, your company itself benefits by growing employees. Okay, growing them in the sense that their new ideas are going to lead to better productivity. Their new ideas are going to help change the company in, in ways that are positive. Hopefully they're going to be positive. Again, that's that's your job as the owner of the business to funnel these ideas into productive change, both for the employee and the company. And, and encouraging them to take small steps. Let them go with their buddies or groups to, to uh, you know, some skill level shops and workshops and the like and, and push and test them and in, encourage them and inspire them to to make small changes, get out of your comfort zone. It's kind of dull and boring there. You get dull and boring. Well, uh, a good way that we have found to help make this part of your organization is, unlike big corporations that do annual reviews, because that's part of what big corporations do, most smaller companies don't necessarily do regular reviews of their team. You know, it's a small enough organization. People usually have a pretty good sense of they're doing well if they aren't doing well. We encourage you to, to, to meet with your, with your team at least once a year, one-on-one, and, 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 and to, to do a review, talk about what's going well, what's not going well. But as part of that, to, 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 to touch on what Jack's talking about, part of what we encourage our folks to do, too, is to say, look, add a section there as part of your review to talk about things and ask the employees, Big deal. what ways do you want to develop? Absolutely. How do you want to get better? What areas are you interested in kind of growing? Because what happens is you find that they have different skills and experience. Maybe you aren't thinking about it. You know, We had a, you know, a client years ago where this happened. It was great. They you know, started to engage their team in different ways. They found out that one of their newer employees who was working out in the warehouse was fantastic online. He was very good at Facebook. This is when Facebook was, you know, was, was a little bit newer. And so what he did on his own time, 
set up a Facebook account and, and page for the company to start to promote what was kind of going on and started to drive business to the company. So they didn't even they had, know. They had no idea. You know, they, they had no idea that, that, that this would be good for them, but or that they had the skills there until they started to engage their teams. You know, ask them. You know, how do you want to get better? Oh, that's a and good. That's a it, good point. It tells you a lot about your team too, because if all of a sudden you got a bunch of people that kind of stare at you and say, "Well, no, I think I'm good where I'm at." Well, that's okay for some roles, but you want people who are constantly getting better and growing. The better they get, the better your company gets. You know, if you nurture it, don't look at it as resentment. Are there any people out there who've had these kinds of successes? And if you, when you're, when you're going about reviewing your employees, however you do that, we like to just suggest a, a couple-hour chat with them and make it very conversational. And, and uh, to Adam's point, you're going to have somewhere on that sheet, hey, what would you like to do, Mr. Employee, Ms. Employee? What are your personal goals? How can the company help you? And, again, we go on the basis that the better the employees the better the company. The two are inseparable. Yeah, and it touches on what Jack's talking about, that most of us don't think that way. And so, again, it's part of your job as the owner to be out front that way and to be pushing that. And good people want to grow, and they want to see opportunities for growth as part of the organization. So if they're growing personally, they see that there's other opportunities for them, and maybe you're getting into other areas that, that they aren't in today. Because often they're, they're looking at just what's in front of them. Help them think beyond that. It's, it becomes a very, very positive win-win for both of you. It's easy yeah. to do, and it's fun to do. And you, you get, you get uh, unintended consequences in a positive way. It brings people closer to you and the company in a very good way. All right, so your job this week is to make sure you get uncomfortable a little bit, just a little bit at a time, all right? So yeah, look, for, look for ways to get uncomfortable this week. All right, stick around. When we come back, we're going to be figuring out how do I find a company to buy? Hmm. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches. We would love to help you, the small business owner, get unstuck from all those how questions. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We are broadcasting live from Willoughby, and we are business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. Don't wrestle with all those how questions on your own, especially if you're a lawnmower repair company. We're looking for those to feature today. And, uh, hey, we love helping small business owners get unstuck. That's right. We like all kinds of companies, and Jack's picking out a different target market. That's good. We like lawnmower, lawnmower servicing. <laughs> all right, we're at the point of our show where we like to share a small business success story with one of our clients. And uh, I like to frame it, again, we're, we like to talk about the whole idea of hows. And so the, the, the focus of this one is going to be how do I find a company to buy? All right, and we'll talk about, again, small business being typically anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. That's how we define small business. And we use our seven keys to success to help frame everything. And you can find a, a nice graphic of that seven keys to success if you go to our website at MaximumVP.com. Click on the MVP playbook, and then you'll see the seven keys to success right there. Hey, those are good graphics. Those are good, good uh, something worth, worthwhile going to the site and downloading it. Not only is it informational, it looks good on the wall, too. That's right. It's the old phrase, a picture's worth a thousand words and a bunch of ideas. It's good to have it in front of you. So in this particular story about how do I find a, how do I find a company to buy, we're going to focus on two of those keys, one being leadership, the other one being, being the marketing plan. 
So this is a pretty, you, yeah, this is a pretty fun case. We had we had a client of ours that we were coaching for a little while, and it got to the point where the two partners realized that they couldn't really work together anymore, and so the one bought the other one out, and the one who got bought out needed to find something else to, to be able to, to, to do next. So we talked about the options he had. So, well, you can go get a job, which Jack and I probably aren't too helpful with. He said, you can look to start a company, which he could probably help you with, or you can look to go buy a company. And he said he wanted to kind of look at those latter two, either starting something or buying something. Now, it's often the case when you ask somebody, well, what so kind we're of... So we're good at those last two for right. sure. So you often ask somebody, you know, you know what does that look like? You know, what, what kind of company do, do you want to buy? There'll be a lot of folks out there that give you the again well-intentioned guidance and advice. They'll say, "Hey, hey, Jack, why don't you why don't you put together on, on one page for me some of the characteristics that you're looking for? You know, how big is the company? You know, what industries are they going to be in, and how much EBITDA does it have, and blah, blah, all this kind of stuff, corporate stuff, all this kind yeah. of stuff, right? We're very big fans of getting out there and engaging, okay, and looking at stuff. And maybe have a have an idea, of maybe what you what you want, big picture." But it's not going to be very, very detailed. So, for example, here, this guy knew that he wanted to have multiple companies. He wanted to be at the point where he didn't have to go one place for 80 hours a week. He wanted to be able to kind of divide and conquer a little bit. So he had kind of a broad spectrum like that. But that's a pretty broad spectrum, okay, in order, in order to kind of be, I don't want to say part-time, but again, to be able to, to, to divide and spread his talents in multiple areas. So... Over the course of about 18 months, that's one that, you know, he spent the time searching for stuff. Now, during that course of 18 months, he was also unwinding from the company he'd been part of in order to kind of unwind stuff and kind of, you know, hand things off. He was doing a little bit of consulting on the side, so he, had, he was starting some stuff up. He had a company that he wanted to start, that he started with his dad for a little bit, you know, kind of something that had been on his mind for a little while, he wanted to kind of get started. So again, unwinding, doing a little bit of consulting. And it was starting a company with his, you know, with this, his dad. This, this all started. He was able to do this with strong encouragement and inspiration by us. Right. You know, I, I uh, often we we uh, don't pat ourselves on the back enough on these discussions, but <laughs> you know, it, it's all of a sudden he's he's a vibrant entrepreneur with uh, no end in sight here. Well, in the meantime, he's looking for companies to buy. Mm-hmm. With that one broad spectrum of, hey, I like to have multiple companies where I, I, I want companies where I can not necessarily be there all the time. And so he started looking at stuff, okay, things he never really even thought about. So one of the first companies he, he, he looked at was a storage company. Okay, storage, you don't have to be there all the time. If stuff gets stored, it's, it's there. You don't need to necessarily be there and watch it. For Perfect. Some, right? If you could buy it, right? right. He, he was looking at a, a, uh, a ladder manufacturer. Small little ladder, you know, it's a smaller company that was manufacturing and distributed ladders. He looked at a bunch of different things. Okay, he looked at maybe opening up this ice cream store. Okay, that was going to be part time during you know during during the warmer months. Hey, a point a point you haven't made yet, and maybe you will, is that often people are going to go out and look for a small business with a preconceived notion of what they want, and quite frankly, the description that Adam was just talking about—the companies, the ladder company, the ice cream—that you know he's. He's looking for a small business, not a $50 million, uh, you know, worldwide organization, $100 million worldwide organization. He's looking for a small business. And basically, they, they being the people who we've coached, start out like that. And we encourage them to keep looking because they have no idea what they really want. And the paper they wrote, hey, here's what I'm looking for, means absolutely nothing in the end. As Adam, I know, is going to tell you the, the story. Yeah, yeah so we encourage them to go look and engage. Yeah, I often make the, the, the analogy, for those of you 
who went to college choosing a major. Often that first year or two as you're attending a bunch of classes, part of what you're doing is you're narrowing stuff down. You're being exposed to things you didn't even know that you wanted to kind of check out. And you may find something that you're actually interested in. They, they, you know, if they had asked you day one when you stepped into, uh, on campus, you had no idea about. But you went and saw it and, and saw the class, read about it, and said, this is kind of neat. Same thing with the company. You, you get in there and kind of look at it. And we often will have them ask one simple question. Very you know, palate-cleansing question. If they gave it to you, simply gave you the company, would you take it? Now, people people have to understand what you're saying there. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very simple nobody question. Gives, nobody right. gives companies to people. Okay, so <clears throat> giving it to them. Picture picture that where somebody's going to give it to you. Would you take that challenge? Okay. Can you can you stretch your mind that far? Because yeah. there are some companies that you that you would not take. That's you correct. You go in and see, say, I can't see myself here running this place. So with that mindset, as he's going about looking at, at a bunch of different things, he got one where it was basically that was the case. Okay, There was an owner of a company that had owned a company for about 15 years, and her spouse had passed away. And fortunately for her, she was set up you know, where they had life insurance, and, that, and, and so she was financially set once her spouse passed away. About a year after her spouse passed, she kind of came out of the fog. It's common you know, when, when, when a spouse you know, passes away to, to go into a fog for a little while. After that first year, she kind of shook up that fog and said, what am I doing? You know, here I am working this thing, you know, I have to get out. So she wanted out, and she found our, our client. And he was looking, and he worked out a deal to buy it right, where she basically gave it to him. He gave her a little bit of money up front, and it's, you know, he worked out a deal where he paid her off over the next three years. We have coached numerous clients on how to buy companies with little or no money down. And this is one, one great example, you know. Now, he didn't know anything about the product or service, per se, and his buddies were busting his butt about it. Hey, what do you know about this? He goes, well, nothing. He goes, but there's a market there for this. The thing has been around for a while. Had employees there that they were doing stuff. So he didn't, he didn't want to come in and just kind of blow things up. He wanted to come in and be able to learn about it. Okay. So, again, starting with that, the whole idea is if, if they gave it to you, would, would, would you take it? And he said yes. And to be able to go and buy it right. Okay. And something he never would have thought of day one. Again, much like walking on a campus day one at college and picking a major. You know, he, he, he didn't know. He would never would have thought of this. But after searching for a while, it fit his big criteria of not having to be there all the time. And it was a very, very good business. And so he, he took it over you know, in that first year, didn't do a ton to it, and started to learn more, more about the industry, let it run, let it grow, and started then to be able to add to it. But he was able to then, you know, get more involved. He was involved maybe three days a week. And it's really fitting what he was looking to be able to kind of do. So it worked out very, very well for there's, him. There's, there's not a lot of advice out there for how to do that, for how to buy a small business with little or no money down and basically buy it right. You know, it's I, I need cash to buy the business. I need all these obstacles that prevent people from truly putting a small business deal together. We love doing those. Yes, we do. All right. We want to thank you for, for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You're invited to tune in every Monday at noon. If you have a question in between, feel free to shoot us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com or hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash MaximumVP or give us a call, 877-849-0670. You know, at, at MVP, Maximum Value Partners, we work hard to build long-term relationships, and we basically become good friends and advisors. No question. All right. If you missed any part of this show or the prior shows, you can listen to them at your leisure. You can go to iTunes and get our podcast, and please leave, leave a review when you're there. Or you can go to wintradio.com and go to their archive programs and find us there. You can also find us on tunein.com.
Okay, learn more about Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Monday at noon. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM and 101.5 FM and WINTradio.com.